search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome, Summoners of the Rift, to episode number 86 of the Broken by Concept. We like to call it the BBC video podcast, audio video podcast. Last episode, we talked about mindsets, mindset science. We sort of want to do a bit of a follow-up. I did some, you know, something came across. Things always pop up in my feed and, you know, YouTube and, you know, just things people send things to me. And sort of following on from last episode, I wanted to just quickly share with, with our, our audience a, um, a bit of a poem by Kobe Bryant when he retired from the NBA. I believe he wrote two, but this is like one of them. I think this is like a bit more of an unpublished one. Um, I actually can't remember where I got this from, to be honest, but it popped up. And I thought this was really resonant to some of the language that we use. And it's like, oh, it's really interesting to me because I was like, well, this is the way Kobe Bryant viewed the game of basketball, you know, and then, you know, Kobe Bryant's one of the greatest of all times, won five championships. So I was like, okay, you know, let's share this. And, and, and when, when I read this, I want people to sort of think it's like, you know, like you think about it really logically as well. Like this is the result of a game simply of put in a ball in a net, right? You can actually look at League of Legends as well. Like, it's just a game where you kill the Nexus. You know, you hit some people, kill some... It's obviously more complicated than that, right? But I think it's really interesting the way people come to these views with simple things. And it's, it's crazy how these games, just games just in, 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 in society, they, they push people and they... Just the, the way that we view the game, I guess, it's like, you know, we, we, we love League of Legends. We think it's a platform to, like, grow, test ourselves... So I'm going to share this and sort of like view it again. Like, how, how would you talk about the game, you know? So let, let's get in here. So it's about, it's a couple of minutes. So sit in, Curtis. So sit in, here we go. All right. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart because it came with so much more. It's the ultimate sacrifice. Greatness has a cost. It reschedules your plans for you. It puts your family and friends on hold. It makes you feel misunderstood, and it will put you in some deep, dark holes. Greatness demands everything from you, your mind, your body, your spirit, and your soul. So what do you do when you shoot four air balls in a playoff game? What do you do? Do you sulk? Do you weep? When you disappointed all of your teammates... When you let down all of the fans, do you ask for sympathy? Do you ask, why me? When they blast the coach for keeping you in the game, do you blame yourself? When they have drawn up their own conclusions about how your career is going to end, do you wish you could go back in time and make a different decision? Or do you get off of the plane and go straight to Palisades High and get the janitor to open up the gym and lock yourself in there until the sun comes up? And you go shoot and you drill and you relive that moment and change the outcome over and over again. Decisions, decision, decisions shape our destiny and obsession can be beautiful. What separated me is not a gift, it was a hunger. A hunger to hunt when others would eat. A hunger to hone in when others thought they perfected. They had a crossover. They had a fadeaway. 
They all wanted rings, but they also had obligations. They weren't willing to cut it all off. See, it's not just about going to the court, shooting, dribbling, practicing the same move over and over again. No, no. Lack of skill is from a lack of mind on and off the court. From a little boy sitting on the ball in the park to grizzled veteran on his last legs, it's been a mission from day one. To impart what I know so you can better understand yourself. I'm here because the game needed me as much as I needed it. The game was my comfort. A platform to grow and teach others the same. It's where I learned about the terrors and joys of life. Of ice baths and buzzer beaters. Of struggle and of gold and everything in between. It was where I transformed the darkness to come closer to the light. And it always brought a new challenge, a flaw that needed to be healed. And the game would send the medicine directly my way. And you will have to make that choice for yourself, whether that treatment would be worth it for you. But greatness cannot come without that cost. How do you press enough without pressing too hard? How do you go far enough if you don't go too far? How do you get 11 others to begin their relentless pursuit to duplicate yourself, not in terms of skill, but in terms of competitive spirit, to instill the intensity to impart that DNA so they could be champions on the court and men off of it? How do you prove to the world who you really are to honestly express yourself? The media will paint a story, the fans and critics will create their own, but no one's expectation, no one's, could live up to my own. My love to become more and to give more. I did everything for you because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. That's the end of it. I love that last line, how he talks there. It's a, again, this is his, he's sort of like, this is his his thanks to the game for you know for, for making him who he is are and pushing him you know through his accomplishments and you know that last line when someone makes you feel as alive as alive as you made me feel it's like talking about the game has made him feel alive right what do you think Curtis what are your takeaways from that any any mm. key lines you like <clears throat> um, I love the word and, and I love the concept of competitive spirit. It's a difficult thing to articulate competitive spirit. We, we, we kind of mm. use the same buzzword intensity all the time, don't we? But what does intensity really mean? What does it feel like? Yeah, what does it feel like? Mm. What, what is the difference between 80 and 100? Or, mm. you know, and the, you know, the word he says, instilling competitive... Is it what he, it, competitive intensity. Yeah, competitive intensity. Was it competitive spirit? So sorry, competitive spirit among others as well. Like, mm. how do you, how do you transmit that to others around you? Um, leadership quality, I guess. Yeah, talking about leadership. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, I, I just love that word. I love the way he frames that. Um, and I also like the section of that where he. How do you deal again? Talks about how does he deal with failure. His response to it. His response to failure. Mm. When everyone is doubting you, you're doubting yourself. Um, that's some powerful shit right there. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're not here. No one's, you know, we're not here to say everyone's going to be like Kobe Bryant. Of you course know? You just want to take a sliver away from it for mm. people watching this, you know. And, and I think that 
um, if you can have just like even one percent of that, one percent, even just this, the the competitive intensity, the competitive spirit, I think that's a really, really, that, at least for me, that's like kind of what resonates. Um, yeah, beautiful, really, really beautiful, man. I love the part where he goes, um, a hunger to hone in when others thought they perfected. Right, it's mm. like going that extra. What's the extra? Well, the way I interpreted that actually was more, you, you got a rank, mm. and then you're just comfortable. Like you got challenger one season, mm. you're just comfortable. You got that diamond four that one season, you're just comfortable. Rather than going again above and beyond that next level to that next 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 year, the next season going in a little bit higher, or getting a little bit better, refining it again and again. Like not being comfortable with where you're at. That's the way I kind of interpreted that one yeah i was thinking of more in terms of like actual fundamentals of the game it's like you know how like you think you're really good at lane phase it's like how can you like even hone in further when others you know think like oh, i'm good enough you know like the, this is pretty good but it's like how can i just be just that one percent extra you know nathan we talk about getting better a lot we in do. everything getting better like you're always, mainly solo queue but, but like but just in general like yeah. that's the mindset you're always trying to better yourself yeah uh, specifically within solo queue but in life always trying to better yourself and you know I had um, someone write to me I think this is very relevant to actually the poem that you just read out from someone in the MLA and um, I think it's really I think it's important we, we talk about this now I think we have done an episode where we spoke about uh, going backwards regressing I think we all regress now, when you think of regressing or get going backwards in something, you think you're doing some, you're, you're just worse at a skill. Like maybe you're rusty, you haven't been to the gym or you haven't done a certain skill in a while and you, you, you do it and you've gotten worse. Like you, that period of time where you haven't done it, you got worse. But I think that the more common one when it comes to league is that you, re, you regress in stage three areas. And for those of you who aren't familiar with stage three, essentially, you know, that's more your mindset. Yes, the psychology, the way you view the game, the way you view your relationship with the game, a lot of these psychology-oriented aspects. So his name's X Begin. He said here, he said, these are the issues I'm facing, Curtis. I'm starting to focus on my teammates' mistakes rather than my own. I stopped doing this for many, for many months, but it came back. I really feel curious about why I lose or what improvements I could have made to my own gameplay anymore. I don't think about my long-term improvement as a player or building good habits that will help me in the long run. I'm often playing games just to play, not excited about improvement or playing my absolute best. Overall, it just feels like I've lost a lot of what helped me climb to where I'm at and enjoy the game and that improvement process. And now I'm just stuck here trying to scrape my way to D4. And he says, I have a few ideas what might cause this. Nearing D4 and only focusing on making it to D4 in any fashion possible. Mm. Forcing myself to play more games than I'm used to in the name of breaking ranked anxiety and speeding up improvement. Still unable to accept that I'm not that perfect robot player that, you know, who, you know, I have bad games. It's normal to have bad games and he has unrealistic expectations that he's holding himself to that's eating himself alive. Now, before we go into proposed solutions, he said he has some ideas for solutions. Um, oh, sorry, one last thing he said. One feeling that I keep having over and over is the urge to play solo queue, not for 
the LP gains not to improve, but to play everything perfectly and win. I feel like this is my brain trying to cope with this regression, because if I manage to play a block and perform outstandingly, then it will mean that I am, in fact, not stuck. I'm sort of addicted to the game in a way, being fueled by the chance that I might suddenly start playing well and the pain of the stagnation will go away. And I resonate with that a lot personally mm. in the sense that you're just looking sometimes for that game. You're looking to have that perfect game where all your problems go away and everything of the past just disappears. It's As long as I have this one... You're sort of sometimes hoping the enemy team just sucks. Yeah. In a way. And then you can just get off a certain sequence of events to get you ahead and you can just close out the well, game. Well, you're looking for this perfect game. Like, I, I, I found myself coming into games thinking, I just want it to go like this. Yeah. Like, I just want to win inside. Like, the enemy team's just no pressure on yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> you're you just, just looking relax. for that. But that's just completely the you wrong You don't want mindset. to hope for it. You don't want to hope for it. You I can't mean, hope in general. I just don't think you can I mean, e- even if you get that win, that game, like... I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you know... Your team, enemy team, they can they can screw up and you know throw the game massively, and it's really easy to get into the trap thinking. And you know what, people are going to win streaks. You know, sometimes mm. you can get a bit lucky and some things like that go your way, but you don't want that. I mean, again, subconsciously, you'll never like you'll never like like actually admit you want that because you want to feel like you're better than your opponent. But subconsciously, yeah. sometimes you're like, especially when you're in a, bit, in a bit of a hole. I feel like when you lost, you just want like a, any win. Well, I've been trying to uh, psychoanalyze myself, so yeah. I've been in a big slump yeah. mentally. For the last few weeks, yep. just just I'm missing a hole like mentally. So we're a month into the season. So you think the whole since the season started, or about probably the last two weeks specifically, okay. two or three weeks. Yep. I would say yeah. I'm I'm in a hole mentally, um, and just like my approach into my blocks has been just just gross. And I think this the, the to find gross Curtis. Like I, <clears throat> I'm similar in the sense that I regressed on stage three areas in the sense like very similar to this one here um i think what's happening with me okay so he said he's not he's forgetting about long-term improvement right like i'm kind of thinking about long i am thinking about getting better at like long term but one thing happens i'm disappointed in my level of play and rather than thinking like taking a step back being able to zoom out and be like this is how can i expect myself to play well i've barely got any games um, or this is just noise or whatever it might be. I'm just trying to adapt to the meta, whatever it might be. I'm letting that game affect me, my confidence, my focus, my intensity. That is then having a snowball effect in the second game of my block. I play worse. I might just have an unlucky game, 30% loss. Yep. By the third game, I'm so mentally mm. not there. I, if I, I, don't, I haven't looked at the, the, the numbers but my third game, I can nearly guarantee that my third game of a block has, would nearly be atrocious every single time. And I'm just going through the motions. I'm just, I'm literally just playing. I don't feel like I'm playing to improve. And so you're saying most of the time your first game, something weird would happen that throws you off. It throws me off. Okay. I get thrown off game yeah. one of yeah. my block nearly yeah. every time. And I'm not able to bounce back right now. And the narrative in my mind is this is, and this is the counter narrative. So, you know, you might say, you well, you got to end the block or you got to do something to refresh. The thing that's gnawing at me is you got to get games in, Curtis, because I just my schedule is so busy. I just don't get enough games in. Mm. I'm trying to get games in, so that's the counter narrative. Because you got to play, right? So there's all you know. So like if you play two games this one day, you're like oh, I got to play three. Yeah, it's just not enough. You know, yeah. and then especially if it's a fifteen, sometimes I want to play four, right? Mm. And I should play four. 
So anyway, what I'm getting at is I think that is very normal for you to regress in your stage three areas. Now, you know what the thing is, Nathan, this past two or three weeks, I'm largely unaware of it though, because you think it's stage two. You think it's just your level. You think it's your ability. You think it's your level of play. Like you think it's a, a matchup understanding problem. You think it's like a, and that's where it might've started. It might've started as a stage two problem, a mechanical error, a, a champ pool thing, whatever it might be. But then it gradually over time turns into a stage three issue. And that's what I think has happened to him here. X begin. It might. So and actually, sorry to give a bit of context here. He actually wrote to me, um, a few days before, cause we we're talking about how he shifted his learning objective. What happened? He was initially focusing on his mid game lane assignments, wing con assessment, all that stuff. And then what he said, he said this, I realized that my laning, he just said here, my laning went terrible. I said, I lost nearly every, I started losing nearly every lane, making simple mistakes, missing abilities, missing CS, not playing to dominate my opponent. He said, I considered my lane, laning phase my definite strong point before, but now I feel like I feel short in every aspect of the game because he focused his attention mm. on the mid game, got complacent with his early game. Then what happens then? So it starts off in a stage two problem and now he's in a, he's in a bit of a slump. You lose your confidence, right? Boom, you start to think about the LP, you start to think about how you look, you start to forget about playing to dominate your opponent. It just turns into a whirlwind, mm. which is very similar to me. That, that's the thing, especially when you... I mean, I don't... <laughs> the thing about me, I don't really have those problems because I'm all early game, right? It's not a situation where I, like, I'll drop the ball uh, early game and then my mid game would suffer, right. right? Right. But I can see his... That would be frustrating. Like, he thought that was his strength that he yeah. was good at. It's like, you know, going back to the Kobe Bryant, he, he honed in when he thought he perfected. So it's like he thinks he's good at it, but let's keep going. We either, let's make going. that muscle memory. Yeah. Dude. Like, let's... Let's make your matchup knowledge. You must have went on too early, moved away from it too early or whatever it might have been. So the point I'm trying to make here is that, you know, it's something I've, I've, I mean, I'm going to talk about this in a second, how I'm getting, I'm getting out of this and how I had probably my first real, like I felt alive in my block for the first time in like two and a half weeks. Really? I had a block on the weekend, weekend. a three block on the weekend. Yeah. And I felt so hungry. So again, was that because the first game went well or did you have difficult problems to solve no, the first game? The feeling I had yeah. heading into the game was I wanted to dominate my opponent. Yeah. I haven't had that mm. for two and a half. I literally haven't had that two and a half weeks. I've been coming into the game. Like I'm trying to, to get that mindset, but it just hasn't been there. Like I don't have the confidence to say that. Like I literally don't have the confidence to utter that statement. Like who am do you I? still do your early game ritual? Early yeah, game process, gold dodge early? game, same shit. And it, and this was again. Um, well, I'm going to go into why I think it started, where it all started. But um, let's talk about a few solutions that he's proposed. Okay. No look challenge. Very very good one. I think to, for people if they if they're dropping the ball, the no look challenge. So not looking at your OPGG. No, this is the like don't oh, look your LP at all. Okay. This is your alt F4 yep. after the game. Yep. Boom, come back. So you don't actually know what LP you're at. That's a really 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 good one. Putting in stone my awareness of the fact that I'm not how I used to be in terms of relationship and the game by writing this message, like writing it down. You know, we spoke about the importance of writing it down and holding yourself accountable. And we actually did that, the accountability sheet. Um, taking breaks from the game occasionally. Still not sure when the right time is to take breaks or for how long. Um, but there's his, his, his uh, current solutions. Now, Nathan, um, 
do you, before I go into my solution, do you have any experience with this and other people in the soul too? And what advice have you given to people that are kind of in a slump? Well, I always bring it back to, you just got to get your specific, look at specific decision making, right? Like that's the cure the, to everything. For you, the medicine is looking at this mistake or the, getting specific why it happened. Why? And then, you know, thinking bigger picture why. It's like, am I not looking at or assessing all options? I feel like this is a really forced play. Right. Let's just bring it back to fundamentals. What's a good gang? What's a bad gang? When to skip my camps? When not to skip my camps? Am I missing bad wave sets? Am I letting my team die yeah, I mean, my, my maybe maybe it, it could be bad as well, but my mindset is just distract myself from like all these bullshit narratives because it's you start getting all these narratives like oh yeah, I'm so yeah, bad. yeah. It's, you it's, can you can get sucked in in that yeah. whole hole where you're just thinking narrative this stage through this stage through this and then you're so far away from just getting better at the game just bring it back to yeah. the basics of the yeah. game you know and, and and you know when I, when I see a lot of you know especially young kids you know climbing challenger mm. you know they just don't think about all the stuff they that don't. we talk about and that's the that's an advantage yeah. and a disadvantage but I also want to but uh, okay me getting into the details never would have helped and for me for personally that's, that situation. for how I've been I've done yeah. that I've got in, I've, I've literally pinpointed this mm. This is a problem. This problem. Okay, so you know nowadays, Nathan, a lot of people work from home. They study from home. We do a lot from home nowadays because of COVID. COVID. I mean, yeah. most jobs have moved yeah. from home. You know, we work from home, and I think that um, at least for me as well, with our lifestyle, you know, we do it. We work from home. We do all our coaching, and then, um, and then we play solo queue. Right? Like you're playing on the. The, the computer that you do your work so like you're a lot of the time in a similar environment and um what i realized is that i got into a really big rut in my lifestyle in the sense that i wouldn't get out of my environment and on a weekend like i would still like i, I wasn't changing i wasn't saying no to the game and like take it like really taking a step back from league like i didn't take a day to just completely remove myself from the game. On Saturday, um, I took a complete break from the game. Just got out. I said, I just want to leave the house. Just get me out of here. I want to leave the house. I want to do anything but be in this house. I don't want to look at a TV. I don't want to look at a computer screen. I just got out of the house for an entire day, essentially. Sunday, come back. Even the morning, went for a big walk with my brother. Two-hour walk. Once I got on that computer at around 2 p.m., I, the fire that I had, it was just like, I was like a new person. You're ready to go. I was a new person. Yeah. That experience for me, getting off the computer completely, mm. getting away from screens completely, was really helpful for me. Yeah. Really, really yeah, helpful. I, I felt that a lot. Yeah, it definitely makes you... You feel it's going to say something, you know. You, you're sitting in screens, or it just beats you down. It beats you down. You get sucked in. To sitting it. in the chair, I, I hate it, dude. I, I just again, I'm looking right now. You guys can't see it, but I'm looking at my <laughs> like that hellhole. There. Sometimes it's a hellhole. Sometimes I have a lot of confidence. Yeah. But sitting in there grinding. Like I'm away. feeling great now, though. Like I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to tack. I'm seeing it as a challenge. I'm ready to dive in because yeah. I've done this many times. I've gone through holes. I dig myself back out, but I'm trying to get better at refreshing, like recovery process. Recovery process. Yeah. It shouldn't take me. It might take me sure a week. That makes sense because you got to realize what's actually happening and take a step back. 
but it shouldn't take me three weeks or two and a half weeks to get out mm. of a hole like this. It's not, it's too, that's way too fast. Yeah. And, and you can do a lot of damage in the two and a half weeks to you, both your relationship to the game, so you, your you're confidence. You it's too slow. It's, it's too slow. The, too that fast. recovery. Yeah, it's too slow. It's take, well, it shouldn't take that's two and a half, three weeks. That's a big chunk of the year. Dude. For people out here in the MLA, and I'm guaranteeing you in this whole tour as well, the longer your awareness of your issues happens and the longer your recovery takes, like the, because think of it as a step number one, you got to, first of all, get in a hole. That's going to happen inevitably at some point. Then you got to realize you're in a hole because sometimes you don't even realize you're in a hole, right? Because it's just, you think, oh yeah, you know, it's just a few zero three blocks. It's just, it could be noise. And then which you, is which true. true yeah. 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 So that's why you got to give it at least a week, right? Yeah. Of games. Yeah. And you're like, okay, is this... What's going on here? Like you, you've got to like actually assess the situation, but then you might get sucked in. Like you think, okay, I just got to play more games. I just got to, maybe I'm just, you know, got to get through my learning. Like there's so many reasons why you might just not be in a hole. You could just be having an unlucky series of events or you're just trying to work on a new learning objective. But then it stretches out a little bit. It goes another week. You're in the second week now and you're still not feeling. And then you, you don't real, like you don't know what you don't know in a way. And, and because it's hard to be really aware of your emotions in a way, like, you get accustomed to just logging on, pressing that play button. Here we go, another three block. But you're not actually listening to your body. You're not actually listening to how you feel when you're pressing that play button. And that's like a lot of people who have like ranked anxiety. They don't even know they have ranked anxiety in a way. Like uh, some people that I've worked with, they're actually, I ask them like, how do you feel when you're going into this game? They'll say, well, I'm, I'm like incredibly, they'll say like, I'm anxious. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. I'm like, holy moly, that's not normal. That's not normal. But you don't know that's not normal because you're just doing it all the time. You see what I mean? Mm. So what I'm saying is like, I think in, on, in reflection, what I could have done better, number one, and what I would recommend to people, take a day off from league once a week. I think that just it should happen. Um, at, at least, at, at, you know, at least once. Depending, and if look, if you don't get many games during the week, then that might not affect you because you're not playing anyway. But if you play, if you're playing seven days a week type thing, and you're especially if you're younger and you're getting two, you know, maybe even two blocks a day, you probably should take a day off from the game a week. Time to reflect after blocks and before blocks. Some of my biggest realizations are in the shower after I have a block. So I do a block, and I just don't listen to music, or anything. Just, just I reflect on what the hell just happened in that three block. Um, so reflection, I think, is really good. And and getting away from the computer in general, just getting away from the computer. It's and great. I didn't do it that. It's good. It's good. Dude. I didn't do that. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that as well. People think, um, in terms of like regression, like if you think about it at a bigger picture, right? Mm. There's it. Do, it's the, the way that league is. It's not linear progression, especially the rank system can trick you, and it's linear, right? It's like oh, I get better equals I improve, right? You can go backwards down in ranks, right? Why is it that the season two challenger players, you know, they mostly don't really get to that rank anymore? You know, mm. it's like, let's say, like, you know, season the game's three. Changing rank, the, so much. the game's changing. The game's changing. So it makes it so hard. Fast paced, right? So, and this is where champ mastery becomes really important, right? So, you know, make sure you're Because you even got to adapt your champion in the meta as well mm. with like item builds change and that sort mm. of stuff, right? Well, that's another thing. The element at this was at play, my, the, my pool got largely nerfed as well. And in Master Plus games, it does matter. Meta does have a place. You need to adapt to the meta in a way, mm. um, or find your place in the meta. And how are you going to? How are you going to adapt to the meta? Doesn't necessarily mean you play the meta chance, but you have got to have an answer to the meta. Um, and I didn't. And um, 
so yeah, I, I just think that for even him, XBegin, I, I recommend as well. I think the no look challenge, great. The taking the day off, great. Yeah. Um, and this reflection, even just here, the introspection, it seems like now he's aware of what's going on. And once you realize what the hell's are happening, you can make the appropriate adjustments. I, I mean, uh, you know, there's a big part of that as well. He's getting close to Diamond. Yeah, the, the no look. Oh, yeah, that's a huge one. That that just beats people, dude. Like, beats people uh, down. Like, even the way people talk about it, you know, to insult him and stuff, it's like, you know, I mean, promos, you know, it's like, how's your rank going? The first thing they'll say is like, oh, I lost my promo. That's not, that's not the first thing I want to hear, you know? Mm. It's like, well, what's specifically decision-making? Like, what's going well, on? Well, it should be, what have you What have you learned? Mm. What, have you, what have you been struggling with in-game? Like, certain comps or certain game states or... What is it? What are you, you're just missing gank opportunities? Like, what are you? You know, that's that should that's what you're looking for, right? You're that's looking, what I want to hear. That's what you want to hear, right? Not I uh, lost my promos again to platinum. You know, yeah, hundred percent. So Nathan, I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about meta a little bit. League of Legends meta. Um, why? You know, we it's a big topic. You know, huge discussion point. Is it in your Discord? Do people talk a lot about meta? Of course, everyone talks about meta. Everyone loves the meta. Everyone loves talking well, about everyone's meta. Because everyone's looking for the... Well, they want to know what's strong so that, you know, they can know what to ban. That's the okay. thing. They want to... Obviously, you know, obviously everyone's looking for the quick fix. Fix a champion. What should I add? What champs are strong? Which champs maybe I've played in the past that I could bring back into my champion because they're stronger yep. now? Yep, I mean, there's lots of reasons meta is... A bit, so this is... Real. It's important to know, isn't it? I would say it it's is. It's like getting keeper. I guess it's like reading the news every day it's like what's going on in the world you yeah know? i think it's good to kind of be at least aware of yep. what, what what's going on yeah um one of the big reasons i've noticed even in myself why playing the meta feels good is because it numbs the pain of solo queue now if you think about a normal solo queue trajectory so you're saying playing the the meta champions that's correct. Numbs the pain. Of it numbs the pain of what you would usually. Okay, so imagine a, a standard client of yours. Yeah. Say he's a platinum player, plat, high plat. So he's plat two player. He has his champ pool, right? And say, say he plays Warwick, whatever it might be, and he has a game, and it's just like a really tough Warwick game. Like it's a tough one, but you know he's a really good Warwick. You know he has a lot of champ mastery. He usually knows how to win games with Warwick. He knows how to win games with Warwick. And it was just a tough Warwick game, you know? And well, let's uh, switch this example to Ramus. Okay, Ramus. Because I got a Ramus player and we talk about some hard Ramus games. Okay, yeah. yep. That's a great one. Yeah. Yep, so there's a, you're going to have tough Ramus games. That's just going to happen. And the tough Ramus game will be against lots of range, like AP mages. LeBlanc. Yeah, <laughs> LeBlanc versus Ramus. I think we literally reviewed a game of oh, LeBlanc. No. It, was, it was painful. You know, things like that. They, they do happen, yeah. right? Now... Especially, imagine if this person doesn't have access to you. Mm. Doesn't have access to someone that can immediately tell them why something happened. Or why they lost that game. Obviously, if they have you there, they can say, Nathan, what happened? Why did I lose this game? You could like, okay, boom, boom, boom. This, this, this. Um, you know, they could just, you could just break it down. And that, they would probably make themselves feel better, right? But not everyone has that. Or you're not around all the time for every single game of every single of client. Of course not, yeah. So, they leave that game. They lose that game inevitably. Say they have a rough game, make a few mistakes, really hard. They felt really pressured and they didn't really know what happened. Now, when you're looking at it and you're in the post game, you're in queue, you're probably thinking, 
Oh my god, it looks so easy to play that champ that you did first on the other yeah. It looks so easy. That guy, yeah. like that guy, that didn't even do OP. anything. Yeah. Like he, did, he just won. Like mm. that looks looks really annoying. It, it, it seems easy. If I just played that champ that game, I would have won that game, right? That's going to be one of the first things that come to your mind, right? And the reason I think it's so sexy to think like that is because you're you're suffering. You're literally suffering. You just lost. Your LP. pain wants to. Your your brain wants to. You know ease that pain it wants to ease the pain mm. in, it's looking for a solution mm. meta playing the meta champ and you might let's say what happens from what most people what they're going to do over time they're going to say screw it I'm actually going to I'm actually going to play that champ I'm actually going to just go I'm going to play a game of that champ next time and they win with it they might play a game and they might win with it mm. and oh my god this champ is so and I was like, this champ is so OP or blah 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 blah, blah whatever it might be they, they might win that one game with it even if they win those they might win. Even they, they actually lose more than they win. Even if they win four, lose six. The the experience of just winning those few games with that champion and the the, the feeling of playing the meta, it's like a, it's like a it's like a scapegoat. It's like a it's like a it numbs your painful like the pain that you were experiencing before. It's like a distraction. It's a really, really sexy, easy to execute distraction that takes you away from getting into the details and trying to figure out a creative way to win that game the hard way. And I had a guy, a client in gold, Annie player. And he said to me, Curtis, I've been really struggling with Annie. I've had these really tough Annie games. He said, Victor's buying crown. It's blah, blah, blah. And we looked at a game reverse of Victor. I said to him, man, and he asked me at the end, he said, well, should I play other champs? You know, should I, should I expand my champ or should I play add another champ that can deal with these tough Annie games? I said, man, look, you're so you're plateaued at gold two, gold one. You'd be you'd be a better player by sticking with Annie right now temporarily, grinding it out to platinum four. And the reason why, man, is because you're gonna be you're gonna be so so much smarter about the game because you're gonna have to think you have creatively. To sweat for every game. Well, what's gonna happen? You can't just say, "Oh, yeah, this is a hard Annie game. Fuck it, I'm just gonna play this next game." Next time I'm in that situation, no, you're going to have to look at the creative ways you could have used your kit in the early lane. Mm. You're going to have to question your wing con assessment. You're going to have to question the way you're playing team fights and your threat assessment, your itemization, your build, your setup. You're going to have to question your interpretation of like, maybe you have to play fast when you've usually been playing slow in your lane. There's many little things that you can do with your champion creatively to get an edge. Now, sometimes it still might not be enough, but that process of thinking like that, like it's like, it's like mental toughening in a way. It's like toughening your your view of the game, toughening your. I think it's 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 in a way expand it expands your view of the game. It forces you to expand your yeah, view to of the be game, more creative, it? yeah. Rather than this champ is good. That's why, that's why I hate it when people start talking about draft with their champ pool because it's like it's just taking you away from okay, bad pick into these yes identify game hard but that should give you motivation well you know you, it's you good intensity. to identify you need to identify that you it is do, a bad yes. game like yeah. you need to know why it's a bad game and why it's a tough game yeah but that doesn't mean you can't get into the room and figure out things that you could have done differently and that process of doing so is so valuable it is i would say the most i've learned on a lot of my champs is playing those hard games and winning those hard games because they're winnable they are yeah, 100%. Because it sort of opens up. It's like, wow, I thought that this game would be unwinnable in draft, but 
you know, I actually did some pretty good plays. Well, here. you don't realize it's possible a lot of the time until you verse a, one, a really good one trick. Yeah. When you verse a really good one trick mm. of a champion, they do things that you never would think. Mm. Like, I've lost many games into, like, a one-trick Kassadin or something that I thought was, like, the worst Kassadin game, and they yeah. win. They win, yeah. Many, many times. Yeah. Like, on paper, it makes no sense. But they're a one-trick, and they, they have that beautiful champ mastery, and it, expand, it forces them to get creative. So I think... Um, and, then, and then tying on to the meta discussion, Nathan, you know... I think meta is a lot more of a sophisticated topic than people make it out to be. And what I mean by that, again, and I don't want to go too deep here, but most effective tactics available, meta. That's what it stands for. You can't deem the most effective tactics available without considering the context of the situation, like the, the medium in which it exists. And what I mean by that is the meta in gold is very different to the meta in high plat, very different to the meta in master plus, very different to challenger. Every rank, there's a meta within each and every rank. Now, the, the where this gets sketchy, right? Who determines the meta, Nathan, a lot of the time? High elo players, right? High elo players, that's where uh, most of the time the meta gets... Everything revolves around the high elo player the high, alongside patch notes, right? Patch notes, high elo community. Everyone looks at the, the, the best players on the server to deem what is the best at on the given patch. Now, then you've got to th think about, well, why? If, imagine there's a platinum player looking at the best whatever, mid laner in EU. What are they playing? You look at what they're playing. Akshan, whatever it might be. It might be my TF, whatever it might be. Boom. Thinking that that's the meta, that's what they got to play. That's, that's the thing that's going to, that's the, the strongest pick. Before you know it, you're in your queue up to your next game. You versus Malzahar. You get your ass kicked. Malzahar's amazing in Platinum 4. It's amazing in high gold. There's champs that work really well no matter the meta because the meta is determined by the rank. Is an element of it that you've got to factor in is the, the, the rank that you're at because the players' tactics work on different players. A tactic right, that, that will work on a, on a Platinum player won't work on a challenger player. So, can, you, what's a can you give me an example of a tactic, Curtis? I hate that word, by the way. Okay. What does well, that mean? Tactic, tactic is just... in platinum. Uh, is that like... Flash a, a, a Malzahar level six gank with R onto an immobile mage with your jungler. So in platinum, that doesn't happen in challenger. Well, people's threat assessment is going to be much, much higher. That's right. In challenger. Another yeah. one. Yeah. Vladimir slowly scaling... In a platinum game, yeah. What's going to happen in in a challenger game? Well, many many things. The first of all, they're going to probably pull waves and set up ganks, or they're going to slow build waves and dive your side lane, or the jungler's going to invade knowing their mid laner has no prior and they can do whatever they want. They're going to start dragons on spawn, rift heralds on spawn. The 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 actual thing, the options they have in a in a high elo game is is, is Vlad is a different champ in challenger. I'm not saying Vlad is bad. In Challenger games, there are probably an elite 500s killing it right now on Vlad. Mm. But I'm saying the reason why Vlad would even win in a Challenger game would probably be very elite 500 doesn't fr just sit there under his tower for you know he actually plays aggressive you know yeah. But anyway, that's what I mean by t a, a tactic is any any move any any decision that you're making that gives you an advantage. 
Okay. One thing you do in a given rank won't give you an advantage in another rank because the players will just adapt or they yeah. know how to work. They know how that works. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in general, you could say that the the tactic to climb faster in bronze to platinum is scaling champs. Would you agree overall? Ease of execution is number one. Ease of execution, scaling, and scaling. Yeah. yeah, ease of execution, and scaling. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say that there's... You know how you said there's... like, Would you say that there's a difference between gold and meta and platinum meta and diamond meta? Yeah, definitely. I guess maybe... Low maybe gold so. and... Pl- think about gold three and plat two, Nathan. Yeah. There's a big difference. <laughs> very, very I big know, difference. I, just, I really just don't think about the meta that much, dude, honestly. Yeah, but I just want people to think like that. Now, yeah. for, for the future, when they're thinking about meta, yeah. stop thinking in terms of a rock-solid fixed thing... Sure, the meta, you know, the game has set numbers that definitely influence what is strong and what isn't. But you also got to factor in the the the, the server that you're in, the way games are played, and your given rank. That's a huge variable that needs to be considered. So before you jump onto the next bandwagon and switch your entire champ pool and you know whatever it might be, really factor in what is happening in your games. Now the crazy thing is, a platinum player wouldn't really be even able to identify what the meta is in platinum anyway, because they wouldn't have an in-depth understanding of the game holistically. So in order to really objectively identify the meta, you would have to have two things. You'd have to know how games are played out at that given rank, and you would have to have a very sophisticated view of the game because to understand what's happening at like a high level, right? So a challenger player who never watches platinum games wouldn't be able to tell you what the meta is in platinum unless they've either watched a lot of platinum games or they've played in platinum yeah or they have that general again talking about scaling champs ease of execution they have like a general view of the game well they would have they again they would have had they to would have, they would have had to that have from watching it or playing in it yeah still but even then i don't i don't like when it comes to specific champions like you don't know how games play until you watch it. You just don't. So what I'm saying is that, um, yeah, a gold player wouldn't be able to know what the meta is in gold. They wouldn't. Okay. They would know a part of it, what kind of works, mm. but they wouldn't be able to know, the, again, the meta holistically. So you need two parts. And that's why, in a way, you, Nathan, would have a better read of the meta in platinum or gold than even a challenger player in those ranks specifically, because you watch, you do a lot of gold sessions and a lot of platinum sessions. I'm just trying to think, could I, could I write That's my it theory. Yeah. You would know what champs work. I mean, I, yeah. Maybe it's something to look for. But anyway, regardless, this is not meant to be like, we're going to use this information. It's yeah. more of like, I want people to start to think about a little bit more high level about what, what meta actually means. And how it's not, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Now we can move on to the Moving next topic, on? Curtis. Yeah. Um, meta, meta, meta. Okay. A common thing I get. It's Curtis, what are your thoughts on Nemesis? What are your thoughts on... Oh! You know, mid-beast this or X-person this. You know, we live in a world right now where there's so many content creators, influencers everywhere. We're, in a way, influencers, aren't we? In a, in a way. Maybe. Or you could make an argument for that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, 
there's many influences nowadays and yep. we're not just talking in the league sphere yep. in, in in everything whether you're you look at your youtube feed everyone's youtube feed right now i'm sure they subscribe to certain people they watch certain people's content they listen to certain podcasts whatever it might be and on the topic while we're talking let's let's talk about joe rogan right joe rogan very very big influencer one of the key problems right now is that if someone is a fan Say there's a you know, say there's a you know twenty year old kid, twenty year old dude, fan of Joe Rogan. If um, if you listen to a lot of Joe Rogan and he loves Joe Rogan, he's obviously going to weigh Joe Rogan's opinion quite high. Now it just so happens that Joe Rogan, I would say, is a pretty sophisticated thinker. He gets a lot of people guests on his show, and he he does, I would say yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect. But I'd say he's a pretty solid thinker and he, he does say some dumb shit sometimes. But like yeah, overall, he's a we, smart dude. We right? do that as well, Curtis. Ex- exactly, right? We don't, we're not right on everything. We may say a lot of dumb shit here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the podcast is all about. And, and, and we actually read a book on influence, right? Yeah, uh, you wrote by Robert Caldini. Robert Caldini. Caldini, influence. And it's a part of our nature, isn't it? Yeah, the influence is, des- is, is a, a mechanism a- for us to shortcut our decision making so it's all muscle memory it's like okay super simple um this is i'm, I'm hunting you know ten thousand years ago this weapon this guy's using this weapon he's getting results he's killing that thing i don't even have to think about you know like break it down it's like what's the mechanism thing it's like oh i'm just, just gonna use it grab it and then i'm just gonna throw or it that guy that everyone's listening to that guy over there by a social proof yeah I should probably listen to what that guy said. If there's if there's fifty other people listening to him, I should probably listen to that guy. He probably right. he probably is worth listening to, right? We have all these mechanisms, survival, yeah, just survival, mm-hmm. and and just speed, just keep our prevent our brain from exploding, right? So you look at a content creator all the time, an influencer, you know, hundred thousand people watching that video, hundred thousand, two hundred, you know, two hundred thousand people watching that clip or whatever it might be. Chances are, you're not going to question the validity. Your default response isn't going to be the question of the validity of what that person is saying, especially if you're a younger guy or, or girl. If you're a younger person, you're, you're, you're very easily influenced. You're easily influenced, especially for a field. You're not that. Exactly. You're not that. If uh, you're not already an, an expert, expert in, in that field, which you can't be at that age, you're, you're basically no jack shit about anything, mm-hmm. right? And we go around, we listen to a lot of content on, on, on many, many areas and... We're actually just, we actually don't know much about anything, like in many, many areas. You're just a generalist, like a little bit about this, a little bit about that. It's not until you dedicate years and years of your life into a given field, are you going to really be able to have a sophisticated opinion about any given argument. Now, the reason this is important, the reason I'm bringing this up is that, look, I, I have very different opinions to a lot of mid-lane specific content creators like Nemesis. Nemesis has a very particular way of playing mid lane that I just t- typically disagree with. I don't, I don't, I don't like playing mid lane that way, um, and that's okay. And that's the important. Thing. That is okay. It's good to get many differing takes. Watch a little bit of Nemesis. Watch a little bit of this guy, this guy, this one trick. Sure, you're probably going to come away from it feeling quite confused because Curtis said, but Curtis says this, and then that guy says that. Great. That's a sign that you're getting many different perspectives. It's a sign that you're, you know, you're, things are starting to, you're starting to see the problem and the complexity of some of the issues at play here. And I had someone in Seoul to uh, say that their friend told them about the Lol Dodge game, the the clicks, 
uh, this exactly the same, like the the movement or whatever. So like, it's a bad tool to practice with. I don't. It's just feels pretty similar to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, and I said, even if it's yeah. tr- even if that's true, right? Like, the point of the lol dodge game, our perspective on it is. It gets your hands warm. It gets you into a Mind, bit of a flow mindset. state. Yep. You know, instead of what other people do in terms of practice, they what what do they do? They sit Nothing. on YouTube, they're on What's Discord, YouTube? low intensity, jumping in the game, alt tab in. That's a really good point. Has that guy played an extensive amount of low dodge game? The friend or the no, guy? Him, no, the guy. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. When I hear that sort of thing. If that guy, if you're, if the guy in Salty or whatever, right? If he had played, you know, a metric ton, maybe he'd done it for like two or three weeks, like used it as a pregame ritual, mm-hmm. a month, and just didn't do anything for him. And then he, you know, joined up with a friend and said, oh yeah, it's not the way it works. That's fine. Because you've tried it and it doesn't work for you. That's okay. That's okay. But a lot of the time people are looking for, they will listen to an opinion blindly and they've anchored around that opinion. So anything that, any experience that they have afterwards is shaped by that opinion. So funny, I watched Big Bang Theory episode yesterday and Sheldon was at the comic book store and the guy who owns the comic book store gave him a new comic book. It was like the new episode of, or new, new thing of Hellboy. And then the guy was said, you got, you know, new episodes out this week, um, prepare to have your mind blown. And then Sheldon was like, spoiler alert. I can't now, you just blown my mind already. He said something like that. And I, I, it's like obviously a joke, right? He didn't spoil anything about the thing, but I found that really funny because in a way, he's actually anchored. That's actually what's yeah, happening. The expectation of the, the, it's going to be a really good... It's going to be a really good episode yeah. or comic or whatever it is. And that's true. Well, Sheldon has a point because now you've anchored your expectations around that opinion, right? And, um, and, and the point I'm trying to make here is that yeah, it's, it's, there's probably an argument to be made. You could, you could theoretically write a, an essay about why I'm right on a specific topic and then write the exact opposite of the essay, the, the, the contrary opinion to what I'm saying, and then have valid points for it as well. You could write an article saying why three blocks, an essay or a thesis about why three blocks is the greatest improvement process. And then you could probably write a thesis about why not playing three blocks, spamming games until you lose one or whatever it might be, any 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 other process and why it could work just depends on i mean just the way you shape it again your experiences and what what works for you and you can pull many many arguments from many many areas and that this is the tricky thing nowadays nathan we have to balance getting different perspectives while also not getting overwhelmed that's really really hard that's really hard nowadays cuz think about it I mean, how many times are you trying to learn something? You're trying to start, you're trying, you, maybe you're new to gym and you start something in YouTube. How do I, what should I, how do I do this exercise? There's 55 different videos telling you how to do an exercise in a different way. Mm-hmm. But if you're not an expert in that given field, how are you going to determine a lot of the time which one works for you? So what do you have to do? You got to try. You got to list. You got to first of all. I mean, there's there's many toolkits. So we can go into. Do you want to go into the toolkits? Maybe how we can distinguish between what is something like how to how to, um, I guess, the question the validity of someone's opinion. Do you want to go down that rabbit hole or not? Because uh, there's toolkits, right? Is there? So, like, if I think about 
if I think about league, right? Yep. All right, so here's here's a common uh, one for me for Rek'Sai. Like, I play Rek'Sai with Conqueror, and there's a really successful Rek'Sai guy on EU where that plays with Electrocute okay. and plays more one-shot, right? Okay. I... I just prefer... I did try his, so yep. I tried. That's great. So that's the thing. That's beautiful. I, I did his, yep. right? And... Like, you gave it a really good try. You didn't just do it once. Yep. Yeah, I, like, literally... You did, actually you know, played, so like, I played, like, blocks. 30 games. Oh, right. Plus with it. I played, that's I played great. a lot. I actually went all in on the preseason, right? Yep. And then, you know, like, it definitely works in some scenarios, but I... It was really weak in, like, river fights and stuff. Like, mm. you don't have the conquest, like, you know, early game fights. Extended like, fights Extended fights, right? And I find that I get in those situations a lot. I don't know okay. if he doesn't get... Or maybe he just doesn't take them or see them, right? Yep. But I just... I just saw lots of opportunities missing. I was like, I, I just prefer the Conqueror version of it. And then I went back to the Conqueror right. version of it. So we have two different views of Rek'Sai. And this is the tricky thing. I mean, he's way more successful than me. I mean, right. he was like 1K LP, right? So it's like, why not just copy it? But, you know, I felt like... Interesting. My way just felt better for me. And again, I'm, I would say I'm not losing games because I'm playing Conqueror Rek'Sai versus Electric. Like, my mistakes are still, like, basic. Right. Level mistakes yeah, and you, well. can't, you can't distinguish between what is it... Like, your mistakes aren't about the setup at all. Setup, yeah, that's right. Right. Correct. That's so interesting. Isn't it? So it's really difficult. It's so and, then, difficult. and then if I was to say the fitness one, like results, right? Like I reckon I could probably get, you know, we talked about the low bar and the high bar squat, right? That's a, such a common one. That's low a bar common one. And I've had some conversation in the soul too about this. And like, you know, I just do low bar because you've told me to do low bar. And it just feels better. It does. It's what feels better for it feels you. Better, I look at when you right? do high bar, you look so uncomfortable. <laughs> it feels bad, right? You, don't, you look like you're, you're so You're leaning rigid. down, you know? So... Listen to you, know, you, yeah. Listen, but to I, but I reckon though I could make the high bar work. Yeah, you know, because if you put plates under your feet yep. and stuff like that. Yeah. So and I reckon I could get results with both. You know, so uh, I guess I guess the the toolkit is if you're like new at something, I think you just soak in everything. You just try everything. Exactly. And then as you become more of an expert, then you find what works with you and then you get the one percenters. Yes. So you don't come in th- like sticking to something blindly. This is it. I found the yeah, solution. So, okay, you let's, can't have let, that let's mindset. Say, let's say someone who joins Soul it's 2. curiosity. You got to be curious. Who plays Rek'Sai with press the attack for some reason, right? You know, you know, you look at maybe some skirmishes and maybe it works fine, but overall, you know, his champ identity and stuff, it doesn't really make much sense. And then, you know, I mean, he's not really getting results with it. Yeah, yeah. So you, you raise a in, very interesting point, Nathan. Because you, okay, we've spoken about this before. A high rank is a very big sign of mastery, and it's a sign of competence, right? So, in the real world, you look at a uh, a doctor who studied heart heart for thirty years. You're probably going to listen to what they say, right? Of course. If this guy's I'm been a Rexi one trick for yeah. five seasons and yeah. he's gotten challenger for three seasons in a row, or whatever. Chances are that he's probably got a really nice, really solid opinion on that argument. So I think the first toolkit is you've got to look at the validity. What's this guy's background? Mm. How much experience does he have in this given topic? Mm. Is, this, is this a fitness guy telling me about how to invest in, invest in stock market? Yeah. Or is this guy, does he actually follow the advice that he actually gives? Like if we sat here and say three blocks are the way to go and don't do three blocks, it wouldn't make much sense. No. Right? Then you actually got to question the in- how incentivizes that person to actually have that opinion as well. 
in a sense, like, are they sponsored by a certain company to, to say that they you should use this? Sponsored by Rex. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or, is it, or would it break their narrative to make that opinion? Like, to, to say anything contrary to that opinion, would it break their narrative? For example, let's say there were people that were anti-podcasts. Everyone said podcasts are really unhealthy. It's dissociating you from society. You're not interacting with people around you. But someone who made their living from a podcast, chances are that they're probably... They're going to say podcasts are great. <laughs> they're probably going to say podcasts are great, right? So there's many, and, and, and for example, a common one we see with, especially with one tricks, sometimes why I, I question the validity of their opinions, of course they're going to say their champion isn't strong a lot of the time, or their champ needs a, nerf, a buff, and or, or X, like the champ that counters theirs needs a nerf. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like they're incentivized to say that. They're incentivized to say that because their champion is inherently countered by that chamber like that rex i probably complains about leblanc all the time you know who knows mm, I complain about so you gotta you, you actually gotta kind of sometimes put yourself in their shoes and why would they why would they really want to have that opinion um but i think you, that the way you approach that was really healthy you you had a crack you actually implemented what they say for an extended period of time and then you went like because you had your and but before that you had your own take hmm. that's very important now what would be even better Ideally, you would have like, what, three, maybe there's three or four different takes on Rek'Sai. Maybe there's another guy in Korea who plays Rek'Sai a different way. Then there's a guy in NA, there's a guy in EU, and then there's you. But, you, you know, you came in with your initial hypothesis and then you just tested around. 30 game, 20, 30, 30 games here, 30 games here. And they went really in depth and fa- found what works for you. Yeah, that's the key thing, what works for me. That's the key thing, what yeah. works for you in your server, the way you interpret Rek'Sai's identity. Mm. very very important mm. but notice that that's not a short-term process is it that's going to take time it's going to take a lot of time and you have to come in with the mentality that i'm just curious i'm just trying to figure it out slowly like i'm not going to get the answer overnight yeah you just got to chip away and just chip away just figure it out what's <laughs> going on <laughs> no, but I, yeah, and, and, you know, I think that's important. I think because I'm assuming you get other people. Like you were telling me about the Ishan with the Eve. It's the same thing, wasn't it? Yeah, the, 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 the malice. Yeah, right? the, the the skipping camps, right. the help lanes, or just let them die. So try both. Try both. That's right. And, and you know what? And this is the crazy thing about league. A lot of what you're going to face is purely it's purely ni- ni- like a niche situation, like a very incredibly situational. Mm. Maybe there is on paper a game for Rexai for Electro, and then one for Conqueror. That's and right. The best Rexai player would be able to play both. Yeah. But maybe that's just not feasible. Yeah. Is that right? Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know much about Electroverse. Yeah. No, that definitely would be for sure. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Conqueror would be better against um, more melee champs. So, like, if I'm playing versus Lee Sin, Conqueror is just better versus Lee Sin. Yeah, because it's extended fights. Yeah. You can't burst. And, but Electrocute would be better against a, let's say I'm versing a Talia jungle. Right. It's one on one shot. Yeah. And um, you know, versus lots of other squishy jams. But in order to figure that out, you would have to try again, see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And you know what the, the the theme of all of this, whether it's meta, whether it's content creators, whatever, you, you know, you what's get. The, what's the question that they ask you about Nemesis and stuff? What's the? I get. I got, I got DM a question recently saying, Curtis, what are your thoughts on? You know, a lot of one is like, what are your thoughts on how Nemesis plays Kale or whatever it might okay. be, like how he plays how. Uh, what is your thoughts on Kale? Because Nemesis has a lot of success with it. And I've, I've already stated my opinion on how he plays champs and I just don't agree with that's the way you should play yeah. mid lane. Like, but you don't have much merit about the Kale specifically says how to play because you don't play Kale. No, but I know a lot about Kale. I've coached a lot of Kale. Yeah, I've done a lot of research. Kale. No, but I agree with the way 
like I just think that kale fundamentally, like that way of climbing is not for most people. Okay. Like, sure. I, the way he plays kale makes sense. Like you just play for like, sit there under your tower. Like he plays very different. I've watched a lot of Nemesis specifically kale for us to do research on it. That way of climbing solo queue, I don't think is replicable for the majority of the population because it's like what you said with scaling junglers. With, when you're playing a scale, like the, it's a, exactly like the Malice Eve style. If you're very good with Eve, a lot of them you can make up for the missed opportunities that you miss out on, but you've got to be incredibly good. Mm. Same with Nemesis. He's missing opportunities. He, does, he Kale, doesn't make a mistake. But he doesn't make a mistake in the yeah, mid-game. He, yeah. plays for, he executes the champion flawlessly. Yeah. But I don't think that's the way you ideally want to climb nowadays with mid lane. I think a lot of people will struggle mm. to climb like that mm. because you've got to have flawless execution. And I just don't think that's what mid lane's about. I just don't. I don't think mid lane's about that. And that's where we disagree, you know. The way, the best way to climb solo queue, you know. And the way he views the role. Um, okay. I also, last thing, Nathan, before we get into mailbag, I don't know if you had anything more, but I got one more thing. Like, being okay with missing opportunities. As in, in the long run. So I go and say, dude, I get angry if I miss opportunity. In a no, game no, we're games. not in a game. Oh, thank God. We're talking about with a meta. So miss an opportunity to pick up a champion. Yeah. Okay. Like you, sometimes you're actually going to be worse off not adapting to the meta, but in the long run, it's going to pay off. Yeah. So like view it like this, a, a common, you know, a common one nowadays in the, in the real life is, you know, investing in cryptocurrencies and NFTs versus traditional, you know, stock market, right? That's a common one. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the day, you know, there are people that are out there and they, they don't want to miss a single opportunity. They, they want to go out oh, there and do that the research. Trend, they'll, yeah. dr- they'll jump on that next trend. And a lot of, you know, some people will, will, will pay off for that. They will do their research. They will capitalize on, be the fast movers of the meta in life or whether it's in league. Other people, not so much. They're going to, you know, you know, I'm going to miss that. I'm, I'm okay with missing that opportunity because I'm just going to stick to my guns. I'm going to get the long-term incremental gains but you've got to be okay with the missed opportunity. There's going to be people around you abusing that champion, getting that short-term LP, investing in that given thing, making a lot of money in the short term. But again, what's going to happen in the long run with a lot of people, both when it comes to jumping at the meta every single time? We know that if you don't have champion mastery in the long run, it doesn't pay dividends. It doesn't, doesn't, what, do, it, it's hard to be a long term, reliably good player if you're jumping at the meta every single time. Mm-hmm. Champ mastery is what will get you the high rank. So, just like a small little tidbit there, just you, you got to be okay with missing opportunities and seeing other people around you short term succeed. Mm. I think it just builds a really weak, it's like the weak dopamine. Everyone's looking for dopamine or something, you know? It's like, it's just a weak mindset, I think. Just switching all the time. It's numbing the pain. Versus Nathan. just, yeah, numbing the pain. Versus just sticking it out, dude. You know, and obviously there is danger to sticking it out because then it's like, what happens if this just is just a waste of time the whole time? But I feel like it, I still think there's benefits from it. Like if you're playing a, a bad champ, you know, quote unquote bad in the meta, I really do think it builds like just mental strength in terms of like your responsibility for the game because you can't make an error. And you can win a, You can win so many games. I mean, I feel like you can confidently climb to, you know, pretty high elo. You mean like high diamond? 
or master plus master plus playing yeah. a bad champ like 200 or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know? yeah like, definitely 100% i think so so yeah, I'd say maybe when you get higher and higher, then oh, definitely. it comes to 1%. The, oh, yeah. The meta, like, yeah. you know, when you're getting, like, GM plus, it mm. matters a lot. Mm. But up until that point, mm. doesn't really matter. All right, we chomping in mailbag? Yep. Away we go! Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All right, first question here is from Joshua. The title of this email is Dealing with Jackals. Hi, Nathan and Curtis. I love your guys' podcast. I've been watching it for a very long time. You guys have helped me so much in my rank journey this season. I'll try my best to never look at my rank or LP once and primarily primarily use my three blocks to focus on improving at my learning objectives. I would have never been able to get this idea without the help of you guys in the BBC community. I have a question that pertains pertains to the out of game ever since i started finding success confident people around friends of friends have been trying to put me down for example a couple of days ago i couldn't hang out with my girlfriend because i need to focus on school working out saving money and league my girlfriend understands that all these processes are essential to me and she was okay with it still she had some friends ask her why she wasn't hanging out with her boyfriend today when she explained to them what I was doing, they all said, if I ever choose to play video games over hanging out with my girlfriend, they would want to destroy their computers. And another kept trying to figure out what rank I am. And when my girlfriend told him, he said that he had a friend that was almost that rank, as if he was trying to make my accomplishment seem easy to do. Another time, I had an ex-friend reach out to me trying to tell me that he would be higher than, ranked than me. And I'm a narrow-minded ADC that can't predict what enemies will do because I have a small champion pool. As you can see, this is annoying me and hurting my overall league experience. Usually after hearing these things, I start to feel a lot of stress that I'm not doing enough and I need to start working harder. I'm interested in how you deal with people giving very deconstructive criticism and just saying downright disrespectful things about your passion and hobbies. It's very common. We get a lot of hate. Yeah. I get, I get hate. I get heaps of hate. I get comments every day on my YouTube. Yep. I, I don't really read them anymore. Um, but on Twitter, people disagree with my takes. Look, there's one this quote. Is di- maybe this is a bit different here because this is people that he actually knows in real life. Let's say one quote. Okay. This is the one quote that you need to remember for the entirety of your life, Josh. Yeah. Hate never comes from above. That quote has really... I think... I don't know where it came from. I think you told it to me ages ago. That quote has... has helped me in many 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 situations hate never comes from above and and above let's actually break that down nathan because what we mean by that it doesn't necessarily mean that they're it doesn't necessarily mean that they're lower than you but they're afraid that like if they were really on their own path and they weren't insecure or jealous or afraid of you why would they care? They don't have time, yeah. Why would, they, time. why would they care? You think, so, like an actual, like, uh, you think someone who's incredibly like, successful or a beast in whatever they do, right? You think, you think uh, what's his name? Who's anyone that's good at what they do? Like, let's take any athlete. Any, like, let's take um, Aaron Donald, right? Playing the Super Bowl, right? Think he's going to hate on someone below him or criticize someone who is below him 
Like, what? He's going to go out of his way to type something to some guy? To some college football player. Some college football player? Yeah. Like, he's going to go out of his way to, like, criticize some guy's process? He's on such a higher level. Mm. Or, or what's, I'm assuming maybe we talk a lot about Kobe Bryant or whatever. Anyone who's really doing their own thing and they're, they're living their own life and they're trying to pursue excellence or whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter what it is. Someone is going to be feeling threatened by you. That's the word, threatened by you. That's just normal. It's very, very normal. So his friends, all these people, they're starting to get a bit afraid. Like, oh my God, this guy's, this guy's not normal. This guy's, this guy's... Well, what some people don't like change as well. So if you suddenly started doing all this, you change a lot. People hate that. People want to be like, because people want your, to, you to be predictable. People hate, like, because it's like, oh shit, what's he doing there? Like, he could like rise yeah. above me, you know? It's like, oh shit, he could yeah. just disappear. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely an element. And I would also say, um, I think this is really prevalent in Australian culture. I'm assuming it's in in America as well or in Europe, just in Western culture. Like everyone wants to hang, like everyone is looking for an excuse to not put in the work in whatever it might be. So if you're at university, right? And you see, and then like, say for some reason, everyone's kind of taking this, say there's like a, 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 a course or like a, a what do they call them at uni nowadays like a a degree a, no like an ele- elective an elective yeah okay so there's like an elective but everyone if, everyone's like taking it easy because like maybe you don't need to t- study that much or you only need to get like a 50 percent to pass the elective or whatever it might be let's say there's a group of like 20 people and everyone's kind of taking it easy but then one person goes out of their way to like you, you, everyone sees that person working really hard like taking notes going above and beyond in their assignments like taking it really seriously or whatever it might be people instead of encouraging that person like giving them a pat on the back saying well done you should that's, i'm sorry that's like that's awesome man. I, I wish i could do that what do they say chill out man relax come on don't why do you need to do that don't do it come on don't do so much work why do you, you don't need to do that man or like come on come out with us why are you doing that they're never encouraging that person who's working hard. They're always dragging that person down. So it doesn't matter what weight, what you're doing, even if you're in a work environment and you're the person that's staying late and trying to like work your ass off and push yourself to get better at your craft, people are intimidated very quickly. They're going to find, they're, they're going to talk shit behind your back. They're going to make up stuff about you. They're going to find a way because they want an easy way out. They want you to, to be complacent in a way because it makes them feel better about not putting in the work. Does that make sense? Yep. So I think he's got a lot of people that he's starting. He's, he's this Joshua's trying to show. He's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. That means you're doing the right thing. And we're not telling you to be, to be very specific. We're not telling you not to hang out with you. Let's be very clear. Yeah. But the whole thing, if you, if you, if you don't have money and you're younger and you, you know, you're not going to go out every weekend. That's okay. Sometimes you do have to stay home for a weekend and you got to do catch up on schoolwork, whatever, you know, sacrifice you've got to make sacrifices you know and well i guess I guess, I guess i guess they view as well like playing video games is sort of just like i mean again it's viewed as a bit of a waste of time right so people are like well you know why play video games when you, and you can understand yeah. that right? yeah if you're not in enough. that if you're not in the sphere of taking or view the game as we view, view the, the game. game as like an actual somebody better yourself then obviously it would be it would make sense mm. wouldn't it it would yeah. actually make sense so you've got to be a little bit empathic there as well so he also how do you deal with it though how do you deal with it, Nathan? Uh, laser focus. Just, 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 I just accept that that's just the way the world works, dude. I always, I like that rule, the 95-5. Mm. 
there's 95% of people are sheep and then 5% of people are like the, the wolves. I, I like that. It's like, okay, it makes sense. If, not, if people are criticizing me, I'm probably doing the right thing. Like if people are, if people are threatened by me and they're, they're judging me and they're trying to cut me down or put, put me down, that's probably a sign that I'm doing the right thing. It is. Right? It is a sign. It's actually a sign that you're doing the right thing. So, Yeah, I want people to be like, this guy's fucked up. That's, that's a good in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. This guy's just, he's just a weird individual. <laughs> he's weird. He's, weird. he's fucked right up yeah. there, dude. Well, that's what even, didn't Kobe Bryant say, you're going to be misunderstood, right? Yeah, that's one of the You are going to be misunderstood. You are misunderstood. If you're going to get really good at anything, if you're taking your school really seriously, whatever it might be your work, you're going to be misunderstood, period. So I guess that's the tools to... That's the toolkit. Plus yeah. that quote. I love that quote. Hate never... That saved me a lot. That saved me a lot. All right, next email here is from um, Emma. The title of this email is Avoiding Burnout and Fear of Missing Out. Hey there, Curtis and Nathan. I wanted to start out by saying I love the show and everything you guys do. BBC has been super helpful for me, even in the short time I've been watching. And I apologize in advance if you guys have already discussed this topic before. Uh, my name is Emma. I've been playing League since late 2020. I'm in Bronze 2 and have recently, within the last three months, to decided to pursue my dream of going pro. That sounds stupid, considering how low hilo I am, but I love this game and love the process of improving, and I've been so set on this goal that I've changed my entire life around to fit it. I quit my job at Target in favor of doing delivery driving so I would have more time, and I've taken a break from school to really put my focus on league. My current schedule for it is waking up at 7, working out, studying theory, VOD review, guides, drills, etc., uh, till 11, going out and working till 2, coming back and actually playing the game till 6, working till 11, then coming home and sleeping. I've done, I've been doing the same thing every day with the exception of Thursday as a rest day for the last month and a half. I really love this schedule and I enjoy the grind, but I found that it quickly falls apart. If my ADHD is particularly bad that day, I can't focus in the theory block. So I guess that's like the study into studies, VODs mm. and stuff. If I'm tired, I get out the door slower to work. If I take a delivery that takes too long, I don't get home on time. And that's one less game I can play that day. The little slowdowns uh, add up really fast. Uh, my life feels like a jungle clear, like a constant racing game to get to the next objective. The problem is I don't feel I have a luxury of slowing down. I have that mentality of while I'm taking this break, someone else is working and improving. I'm not at the point of burnout yet. And I can deal with this schedule for the time being, but I don't feel like this schedule is going to last in the long run. Um, I'm trying to avoid burnout the best I can. I guess my question is, uh, what's some advice that you guys might have on maintaining schedules and grinding with the added factor of not just trying to climb, but to go competitive? Thanks for your work. Keep it up. Oh, so we obviously get the, the, the emails writing about going pro a lot. Yeah. Um, our baseline advice is always don't do it. Because well, yeah. it is, it's, I think the stats are it's harder to be a pro league player and, than it is to be an NFL player or a traditional sports athlete. Yeah, like, I think it's by far, by actually. By far, yeah. Especially if you're in the NA region because obviously you have to compete with imports. This, oh man, like... What do you think? Oh, uh, like... So it sounds like she's scared of getting burnt out with her schedule. 
and also because of the effects of her ADHD, so we have a bad day and she's just slow on everything. And then the, she's fear that just because she's working, mm. someone else is working harder. I think we need to start, we need to zoom out a little bit here, Nathan, before we dive into the details here. Okay. Because, you know, going pro is, it's a really, really, really hard thing. Like, really hard. And if you're in bronze, you're, you're so far away. <laughs> like, I, I don't want this to sound mean, but you're so far away that it's, it's impossible for you to know if it's even... Po- you don't even know if it's possible. Um, well, she did say that she knows it's stupid. She right, said, considering right. how low Eli I am, yeah. right? I, I think it's dangerous because the thing is... Um, your expectations are so high. <laughs> they are very high. <laughs> like, we, we talk yeah. about the, the danger of high expectations all the time. And usually it's like, if you're a plat or gold, I want to get the diamond. Or, mm. or a diamond getting the challenge. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about going from the bottom to the top. Yeah, and and at, at at many times during your climb, you're gonna want to give up because it's too hard. So I think Emma, it would be wise for you to to take a step back and you know think about how do I go from bronze to silver, and and, and as well ask yourself what are you willing like I don't the worst thing Nathan is if Emma spent all this time and like sacrificed opportunities in her life other opportunities because she wants to go pro and, and never gets pro. That would be such a shame, right? Like, but then as, as well, you, I don't know, dude, I, 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 you know, she sounds confident. I can go for it, dude. You know, like, go for it. You know, you know, the, this crazy, even if you shoot high and you miss, you still get close. Like, that is that, true. Maybe this is what she needs. If she's like, you know, saying, I want to go pro, then maybe like Mac Chicken's diamond, that would be a massive. And then, or maybe she, 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 she stumbles into another, like a, as a content creator or That's something. That's right. Like, you never knows. know. Yeah, that is true. Like, like, like she's using the right word. She yeah. loves the game. She loves process. She changed her, like, fucking go for it, dude, you know? And just, <sighs> but I mean, again, you know, you, you do have to weigh up. I don't know what her life situation is. Like, you need a timeline. Exactly. Like you do, you, do think you, need, you a need a timeline. Okay. Like it's not something you can, like I told Josh in the yeah. MLA, like yeah. he, he um, wants to go pro, right? Yeah. And he's like master. And I told him like, if you don't get like top of chow, like this season, mm. you're not going pro. Yeah. But give up. Like, so she needs a timeline. I don't know how old she is. You don't say how old she is. Right. Yeah. So um, you need a timeline, Emma. Like you, you, you can't, pursue going pro for year in year out like they're not going to pick you up at a certain age anyway so i i think that sure i guess i would be i would be i would prefer you break it down and say okay i want to get to silver and then i get to gold and if i can get to diamond by like x time or if i can get to master by x year then maybe i can consider it but i don't think it should be considered i just don't think it can and i think that's where me and you differ here yeah you're that you're you're because you're a very you're a dreamer in many aspects. Like that's your personality. You're very good at like, you get excited by the end. You get excited by the dream or like the, you get excited by the, the possibility. But I think we're very different in that sense. I'm more like practical. Like what, what am I really going to do? What is it really going to look like? Like now and in the next six months type thing. 
so I think I can see how it sounds really sexy, right? That whole storyline, like the the bronze to Toro <laughs> yeah. storyline. Yeah. And and we're not to mention we have to mention it. Like she's a female. It's a female. Yeah. And that's never been done before. There hasn't no. been a single female pro player in league ever, right? So, I mean, maybe that's not true. I think there's one in Brazil, I believe. Um, so there's another. There's an, it's another added layer of difficulty, as well. Um, so we just. I mean, I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but we have to. We have to factor that in one here and during the. During this climb, um, what do you think of her process for a bronze player? She not spends good. four hours. Okay, yeah. So, so we've established, we made that clear. Now she can, she can decide what that timeline might be, and yep. she might have to like write in again and talk about that. But so she has VOD reviews, guides, and drills. If you're on bronze, we've made this many clear many times. I even talk about this in my bronze and silver guide. You got to play and play and play. Just get the games in. You should be using that time to play the game. Like. If I were in bronze, I would be playing one or two champions max and just grinding as many games as well. I probably... Would you even do three blocks? No. I would probably play... more. If It's just set a time. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do two and a half hours here and yeah. I'm going to play as many as I possibly can. reps. There's many reps. You, you should be barely... Like, we're talking about reviews. You should only be, like, doing quick, very quick reviews. That should be two minutes. Well, like, yeah, two to five minutes. Like, look at the key deaths. Look at boom. some clicks. The way you click in... The way you control your character, missing abilities. You've got to develop a feel. That's where your, your mm. entire journey from bronze to gold is just feeling the game out, mm. feeling damages, feeling what your, ch your champ could do, range assessments, cooldowns, mana costs. Has to be feel, very feel-oriented. Sure, like you can watch a guide to like, uh, like a, or an educated video to maybe get something if you're, not, if you're confused about something, but that should only be on a case-by-case -case basis when you really want to understand one specific thing. Otherwise, you need to just be playing. And playing, and then playing, and playing. So I like I like the fact she's got the routine down, like the wake up early, into the workout, into all that. She could theoretically get another block of three in the morning before she goes to work, if that's what she really wanted to do. That's right. That's what you use that time. She could use that time in the morning, get another three block in, or something like that. Two game, two hours of games into work. Into she could be get doubling the amount of games she's playing a day, just by removing that whole entire morning section of watching vods. Uh, I think we covered that question. Anything else you want to talk about that one, Curtis? I would like to hear back. Okay. I think we should, if you can, Emma, write back. Because I think there's deep out details here that we're missing. And mm. I think it would be important to kind of know. Well, what the, the other thing as are. well, if you're even thinking about burnout and you've only been playing some games since 2020 and, uh, and last you only did on this schedule for a month and a half, I would probably recommend like that's, you should not even no. be thinking. That shouldn't even be a question. Like, like, when you, would you be thinking about burning out? How many, like, we played the game. We're not even close to burning out. I'm not out, even, dude. I mean, I was, I love the game. But I, it's not even I've a never question. felt burnt. I mean, I felt like burnt sometimes out times. burnt out at times, but that wasn't until years and like yeah. playing the game for like, and after you've been challenged years, for so long. Yeah, I've been yeah. playing challenge, challenge See, for like burnout's seven years. not even close to me because I'm not even close to my, my goal of challenger and stuff, you know? Like, I want to get, you know, top 10. Like, I got so much work to do. Like, yeah. it's not even a thing, burnout. Like, I'm just go, go, go. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. So that worries me as well. That that's worry, that's worrying. Thinking about burnout. In bronze, yeah. You, you yeah. can't. That's why it has to be fun. It, it has, has to, to love be the game. It has to be fun. is going to carry you the majority of burnout, the Burnout. I always feel burnout comes from things you just hate. I really do. Or you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Next title of this email is from Sean. The title of this email is Perfecting My Craft. We do like that title, don't we, Curtis? Yes. 
Uh, hello, Curtis and Nathan. Uh, my name is Sean. Uh, I'm a classic Curtis sheep. You know, he said the sheep oh. and those things. So he's a sheep okay. playing Victor and Cassiopeia. Great. And doing my best to embrace the suck from day to day. Excellent. My question is not strictly related to the league, however. I'm currently closing in on my second year as an ice hockey coach at the high school level and was thinking about how your experience with diables could be similar to my own. I'm a few years years out of college now, and every now and again, one of my friends and I lament that the fact that we could have taken our hockey game as players to the next level, if only we knew then what we know about the game now. The line that struck me from the recent BBC episode was the notion of perfecting your craft. Looking back on my time as a hockey player and league player, I really want to dedicate my time now to perfecting my craft as I didn't take advantage of it when I was younger. Any advice on this quest would be amazing. Also, do you think there is any way for us as players, coaches, etc., to take the bird's eye view and ask ourselves if we are given 110% in the moment? It's a great one, man. Great question. Great question. Do you want to start this one? Um, Anything to add? Well, I mean, whenever I hear of perfecting my craft, I think of 20 years. Bam. 20, 30 years. That's dedication. Perfecting craft. Like, that's my first thing I think. Um, just think about the game every day, you know? I mean, mm. I, I, I feel like perfecting your craft isn't the thing you'd be like, I'm going to decide. I feel like it's just, you just got to be doing it, you know? You got to love the thing you're doing so much. Like, I am not perfecting my craft if I don't like the thing. Going back to the, the enjoyment. And you just got to stick it out for for decades, man. In terms of coach, I mean, obviously you can't be a player now. Is that right? Is that yeah, he's a saying? coach. He wants to learn how to okay, refine his coach. Yeah, like I think it's a- study the game, be patient, learn from the best coaches. I mean, you've the difference between us and Dials. We're sort of like paving the way a little bit because we didn't really have yeah we didn't coaches have- to study. I mean, you didn't, but you know, I'm assuming coach. in ice hockey, there's a lot of great there coaches would be so in much Like I would study the yeah. hell out of them. Like, what I would do at a really simple level is, like, I would just, like, like, I would really question why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Like, one of the things that I did in Die Wolves was, like, and Jono helped me with our performance coach was, why do we literally do everything we do in this day? Like, when we train, right? And I'm assuming it's the same with hockey. Like, you, you, you rock up. Like, every part of that process, like how you warm up, how you get ready, like when you're training, why are you training the way you're training? Like, what are you trying to get out of every single minute? And that's something I learned from the two coach. a few coaches really inspired me that might help you, even though it's not really, they're not hockey coaches. Um, John Wooden, excellent one. John Wooden has a lot of great books that you can um, read and he goes deep on that. John Wooden on leadership is a great one. Another one of my favorite coaches was Bill Walsh from the 49ers. Um, just completely... St- questioning everything and starting everything from scratch from controlling the environment controlling your environment taking max responsibility like i would and this is what i did on die was a lot of the time is like i was like why are we doing what we're doing now so like what i noticed like a really simple one is why are we like why are we not warming up or like why would or i remember we even started to do like these pre-game discussions i'm like why the hell are we doing this like do we really need to have a pre scrim block discussion mm. like i started to realize over time less was more as well like sometimes i was overcomplicating things and like again question every single thing and then test it and then what are you getting out of it because time is your greatest asset when you're a coach or when you're trying to perfect anything like you want to figure out how to get the most bang for your buck in every minute of the day so if you got a um a, you're coaching a team you have two hours every day so you have you coach your team five days a week whatever it is you have two hours 
I want to figure out how I can get the most value from that choice. That's what that was John Wooden's philosophy. John Wooden, his entire coaching philosophy revolved around. He literally said, "Okay, if I have this amount of time with the players over this year, he would like count it to the minute. I have this amount of minutes. How can I make sure that every single second in those minutes was used to the gr- as to the best of our ability?" That's why there was no time between the drills. Drill to drill to drill to drill. There was a place to put your water bottles. There was a place to hang your towels. There's, like everything was done to the minute because he wanted to make sure if if I only have a limited amount of time here. How can I get the most value from my from my training? How can, and then what John Wooden did, and, and one thing that I, I kind of intuitively did that if I were to go back in time, I would do. I would like laser focus on the off season every year on and Kobe Bryant does this as well on one specific part of your play or one focus on one concept. What what Kobe Bryant would do, and he said, he would ask himself at the end of the season, what would what is one thing that I can work on like obsess over to make me the hardest to beat. He, I remember he said in one of his interviews, he worked on like one shot for the entire summer. I, I know John Wooden worked on free throws. Like he'd studied free throws for an entire off season. He literally read book after book on free throws. He went to every college, spoke to different coaches, watch how certain players did free throws. He perfected the free throw until his team was killed. But then what he said is that like, you can't just only focus on one thing. He said there was an example of one coach that his philosophy was all around free throws. They they couldn't play the game of basketball, but they landed every single free <laughs> yeah. throw. Yeah. And he obsessed over too much. So yeah. what I'm getting at is I would try to like, <laughs> every off season, every year, I'd try to perfect one like element of play. Like perfect X thing. And like, oh, that's why I would think about it. And because ISOC is not changing, like you could do that. Mm-hmm. Like the game's the game. It's not going to change, right? Like league with patches. Yeah, like league with patches. You you have the luxury that the game's going to change. And then and then over time, you know, you just become so smart and document everything. Mm-hmm. John Wooden documented everything. Like how how the trainings went, what worked in the training, what didn't work in the training. Um you know, and just learn from it every time, reflect over your notes every single time, get as many different perspectives as possible. So, yeah, like those the role models and looking at other other coaches because they've had the luxury of coaching for 50 years, 60 the, years. Yeah, you can just steal that experience. You can steal all of this stuff, milk it. You've got yeah. amazing, especially in America. They America have some of the greatest sporting coaches ever. Mm. Like, it's just some amazing people. I saw his big in Canada, right? So Canada is well. Right. I'm assuming it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Canada and America, the same thing. You heard it here from Curtis. Same, same shit. The Canada, Canadians are not going to be able to do it. But, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And the, I would say last little thing here as well is, um, like Nathan said, like try to take time in your day to think. So like what I would do is I would like spend time to like just reflect on what happened like at the end of the day. So like after your training, rather than going home and then like, you know, doing all these other things, take like, Take like 15 minutes, sit down in the office, what the hell just happened? And make notes, observe. Is there a certain player that they, they didn't respond to that certain exercise? How do they respond? What language do they use? How are they feeling? Who's, where are they sore? Why are they sore? Are they too sore? You know, you know all these things. Just, just pay attention to the details. That's what I would, that's the advice I would give. All right, we'll do last question here is from Logan. Tyler Samos, why do we feel connections to certain things in league? 
Dear BBC, my name is St. Logan and ADC main from NA. I'm 27 and play leaguers as a current main hobby. Just having a crack. I played it for about three years. We love people just having a crack. That's awesome. Last year was my first year given ranked a serious try, and I got in about 500 games throughout the season with the majority on ADC, finishing silver two. But that's without a good process and with several setbacks like champ pool and confidence issues. Listening to your podcast helped me keep a stable head about ADC. Well, I think bot lane carry is likely the weakest role in terms of agency, which is quite the buzzword, it seems. It's far from impossible to play, and there's things I can have power over in my ELO. That said, the role is still super stressful. After the end of the season, I took a break on the ADC archetype and thought I'd have a crack at mid lane just to get a feel for that role and see if maybe I could find some interest in playing uh, there this season instead, along with a desire to be in the MLA. Over a couple of weeks, I gave every kind of champ a shot, but I noticed something interesting. No matter what champion I played or how good or bad the game went, I had no passion for the role. None of the mid lane roster really interested me the way the ADCs did, and no amount of agency or dreams of being reviewed by Curtis, really made me want to continue playing mid. For whatever reason, playing and improving on Ash and Botland is so much more fun and interesting to me, even with the small list of complaints I have and I share with the ADC community. You guys have mentioned before a long time ago how each of us as league players are drawn to a role or archetype, and even if we play a different role... Um... Even if we play a different Curtis, what are you trying I'm to do? I'm trying to. God, dude, you're just, <laughs> like, you're just trying to get to the camera, dude. Oh, I just, just don't like, ask. I was just like, Curtis, you just <laughs> delete the whole podcast or something. Just please, just go away. Curtis, trying to go I'm out. Sorry, of his way. I'm, I'm just ruining your flow oh. big time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so back to the start of this paragraph. No, I'm not the start. No, not the start. Okay, the paragraph. You guys have mentioned before a long time ago how each of us as league players are drawn to a different role archetype, and if we play a different role, yep. we'll know inside that we belong elsewhere. Like when Curtis played top lane. <laughs> yep. God, top lane. You just did not click with top no. lane, did you, Curtis? I played, um, I played top like mid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a bot laner. I don't struggle with it anymore, but I wondered a about roles and who plays what quite a bit and can't find an articulate answer. So I thought I'd ask you guys and see what you think. Why are each of us drawn so hard to certain roles or archetypes? Do you think this drawing or passion can be artificially formed? Say if someone's sick of being down to two levels from bruises and dying to Leona's. Mm. It's an interesting question. It's a really good question, isn't it? <sighs> what drew you to jungle? Um... What drew and did you jungle? play anything else but jungle? <laughs> I didn't know straight. To jungle, Why did you pick much. jungle? No, remember I did. I played Shaco. Remember the three v three twisted tree line and, and team. No, but like right? when you went onto Summer's Rift, yeah. think about when you very yeah. first played the game. Yeah, I think it's because I loved Udia, and he was just better in the jungle position. Why did you like Udia? Why did I like Udia? <laughs> well, because I thought it was broken by concept. <laughs> so when you're reading the description, like you're reading through all this, you're still getting all the champs. Yeah. And it was easy no, execution. Re- <laughs> it's broken by con- move speed. It's broken by concept. I remember a really funny story just bringing oh, up this about. No. You remember you asked me one day yeah. when, when we were younger and you said, Curtis, what champ should I buy? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? No, no it, was, it was either Brand or Nocturne. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god, how do you remember that, dude? And then, because I remember you only had a certain amount of points, and he's like, Curtis, what should I get? Should I get which one sounds better? And, and like, Nocturne was perfect for Nathan. Like, Nocturne was, like, oh, was so good back then. Yeah. Because the alt was global. You could literally go to the Nexus from Nexus to Nexus, I think. And, um,. And I said, Nathan, get Brand. Uh, look at all his damage. Look, it looks awesome. It's always fireball. This and is like, the funniest story. And it's like dude. opposite of Nathan's identity. And he ended up getting Brand. It's like, hey, I chance. fucking hated it, dude. <laughs> I was like three days in. I'm like, this is the. Sh- oh, uh, that was. If, if someone asked me if you have regrets when you're 90 years old, that's a regret. <laughs> that decision. That's that was one of the biggest regrets. <laughs> no, because it was really hard to buy a chance. It was back hard then. to get chance back then. It was yeah. so hard. To, it was an IP influence points. Yeah, and those are huge investment. That it time. was a huge investment. It's like it's just because it was a six thousand three hundred. Yeah, it was so stressful to get one of them, and we had like barely any champs. Fuck, I was fuming, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just I just preferred the melee style. No, again, it came from my World of Warcraft. Yeah, that, but the, where did it come from? Wow, though. So it came from Wow, right? You played because I want to be unkillable. And where did that come from? I don't know. That started in Wow. I just like to be unkillable. I was a healer. I was a tanky healer, a shaman. And before Wow, you played Maple Story, right? Yeah, that, that, that didn't, didn't influence it. Oh shit! I was a healer in in Maple Story as well. Yeah, and where that going from? You just you just want to be a passive. Like, no, there will be an adventure quest. Adventure quest? What did you play an adventure? Quest? I like like dark magic and necromancers. And no, no. When I first went to WoW, I was a warlock. I like yeah, you're a warlock. I my dark yeah. warlock. That was your name, dark warlock. Dark warlock. It? Yeah, <laughs> that was my IGN, and um, and I dark warlock. Dark warlock. And yeah, and then I just <laughs> no. Then when I played competitive. I like to be unkillable. Because remember, when I played WoW, that was... Was that the meta at the time? Was that just the meta in, what in WoW 3s? The competitive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the way it works. It's always a healer. That's what it's always been, pretty much. So, you it's shaped healer, by the meta then, right? Heal, one healer and two DPS. It's shaped by the meta then? I mean, it's not the meta. It's like, yeah, I guess it's the meta. It's because the, imagine if... Do you changed. think... Okay, in an alternate reality, hear me out. Let's yeah. say for some reason, um, it was like triple mage everyone pure burst no survivability that was just the way the game was played right let's say there was no durability yeah would you think that would have shaped your the way you play games overall like if you played a mage like a fire mage then you wouldn't have played Udia in league and then right yeah well uh, there was a stat in where where I was called resilience and I just wanted to stack resilience I was so tanky dude right so hard to kill right and that's what I was known for. Like people, I was like, like you just, could never go on me. You would have to kill my teammates and CC right. me because okay. I was unkillable, right? So interesting. Uh, and then I just went to Udia and then I was like, I want to be unkillable because I, I love the shield aspect and like, yeah, just being I, like, I thought, yeah, again, the only reason I thought Udia was unkillable and he's super fast. So I thought it was broken my concept. So I think what I'm getting at here is I think there probably is some sort of like personality trait yeah, that influences yeah. the way you... We talked about this with Kitty and Gabby, remember, on the, the girl... Right, yeah, we did. The female, why, 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 why they play enchanters. Why they play enchanters, they're drawn to it. Because again, they're like the girls want to be Passive more supportive. And supportive. Yeah. I'm assuming if we get Jordan Peterson on the podcast, we could probably go down that rabbit hole yeah. and then he could like do a psychological test and yeah. then we could like, you fill in some sheet and it'll tell you what role you like. Robert Whitaker, remember the MMA fighter? Oh yeah, like... Darius, he didn't played he? Darius yeah, and Trinimir. Robert Whitaker, MMA fighter. Yeah, he played. He loved Darius and Trinimir. That makes sense. So, look, I think that there's probably some underlying personality trait. How uh, probably something to do with agreeableness or you know whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, that's probably influencing your underlying whether you want to play like be a facilitator or you want to be getting in the action and taking damage or you want to be like the ranged, more passive, whatever it might be. Which actually makes sense. I've always been drawn to like playing mages. 
And I came from Counter Strike because you you want to hit hit skill shots. No, no, because you like mages. Where did it actually come from? I don't know what my gaming what it was like. Guild Wars. I think Counter Strike was before Guild Wars, though. Yeah, it was. And then Guild Wars. But anyway, I, it, I'm I'm I was more of a passive person in general. Like I wasn't that person. Like get into the action and take damage. That just wasn't my. Yeah. I was just more passive. I wanted to be more ranged. Yeah. Um, which was very interesting though, because that ran contrast how I played Counter Strike. I wasn't the Orpa. I wasn't ever like the Orpa. I was always one. I, I actually rushed a lot. Like yeah. I would go in. I'd be really aggressive in Counter Strike. Which just doesn't make sense. That's interesting. Um, but but anyway, I just liked mages. As simple as that. It just felt right to me. So I liked mages, and mages just so happened to be played in mid lane. So I just got drawn to mid lane. But I tried everything at the start. I didn't know what I liked. I played a lot you of. But Yorick, do you love Yorick? I loved Hecarim. I loved Yorick. I loved. Um, I played Jana. I played a lot of. I played a lot of things. I just so happened to enjoy uh, mages the most. I think I clicked really well with Malzahar. And then I kind of went down that rabbit hole. So I think, man, you know, what you're probably experiencing is some yeah, underlying personality trait or maybe experiences in other games that developed a skill set of being more passive and keeping your distance and then flowed that into, into League. And you, you, I'm really glad to hear that you've all in on the role that you love. Yeah, all in love. on it. You've yeah. got to do that. That's right. You've got to play what you love. You've got to play what you love, no matter how painful it is. Because yeah. in the long run, it will pay dividends because you're not going to give up as easily. Because you like it and you love it, and it's a hobby. You got to get you know. Enjoy that's the great thing about league. It just it caters for everyone, doesn't it? It's there's, a, there's it's something fantastic for game, isn't it? It is. There's something game. something for everyone. What a way to end the podcast. League is just a great game. Yeah, we're getting paid by Riot. We've got to say that. Now. That's right. Come on. I forgot. Sponsored by Riot Games. Sponsored by Riot. It's not the case. If anyone's going to sue us or something over that, all right. All right, that's the end of our podcast. Curtis, any closing comments on this one? That's something someone who's paid by Riot would say. You mean because they want... Well, you just said that we're not... Yeah, I mean, that's something... Obviously, they we were paid by Riot. You would say uh, that we're not yeah. being paid by Riot. That's right. So if you really are innocent, you wouldn't say anything and you would act nonchalantly and you would just ignore the noise. Thanks for the conspiracy theory, Curtis. Good work, everyone. We'll see you on the rift.